Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Work Fun podcast with Maria and Natasha, two working professionals turned life coaches. I'm Maria, and I have worked in economic consulting for more than 14 years. And I'm Natasha. I have over a decade of work experience in human resources. Through our 25 plus years of combined corporate experience, we have learned a lot about work. And through our work as life coaches, we've learned how to make work fun. Whether you work for someone else, run your own business, or do anything else that you call your work, this podcast will teach you how to make your work fun too. Without giving into the productivity hustle. So let's dive right in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Make Work Fun podcast. Um, So today we're doing essentially a part two of what we talked about last time, which is cutting yourself some slack at work, sort of making work fun by cutting yourself some slack. So last time we talked about how you uh, can cut yourself some and a lot of slack, in fact, by, you know, showing up as your real self at work or accepting your emotions and being kind to yourself when you have a wide variety of emotions. And that was such a good conversation that we didn't get to cover the second part of what we wanted to talk about, which is why we're doing this part too. And that second part is perfectionism. So I myself am a recovering perfectionist. I think Natasha a lot of us is, are. Yeah, exactly. Natasha <laughs> is as well, I think. And I think a lot of the people who like follow us and gravitate towards our work probably are as well. Um, so I think this is a super important topic to cover because perfectionism can really, it's like one of those things that sounds really nice on paper. Like before a few, and by before, I mean like a few years ago, before I discovered coaching, if I heard someone say recovering perfectionism, a perfectionist, I would like roll my eyes so hard. I would be like, what does that even mean? Perfectionism is great. Like, what do you mean recovering from it? Yeah, I think it's such an interesting point. Like, I think there were times, maybe not so much now with like people talking about this so openly on social media, but like in the past where we're like, no, this is great. Like I strive for perfection. Like I want to do things right. And like to really hold that definition and that word in high regard and how maybe like toxic or problematic that can be. For sure. For sure. And like for my my personal example is like in my family, my dad is like perfectionist to like the nth degree. Like he would show me back in the day when he was doing his like PhD dissertation, he didn't even have a computer and he would like show me these like handwritten, like hundreds of pages of handwrittenly handwritten dissertation with like hand-drawn charts that he did like super perfectly and he was like I spent like years and years like trying to perfect those charts like he takes great pride in like trying to do Mm. things perfectly and so like my whole life that's what I've heard he would like he would he would introduce me to people as like no my daughter's like me she's a great perfectionist and I would be like so Mm. proud of myself so interesting right totally Yeah. So it's like, it can be a great point of pride. It can sort of become part of your identity. You're like, yeah, I really care about my work. I really want it to be perfect. Like we think that's what perfectionism is. We think it means like, we just have very high standards and we want our work to be great. And we're someone who like cares a lot and we like are someone who shows up to do things right. But In actuality, that word can be so toxic and pervasive in our lives because oftentimes what happened if we have standards that are like nothing less of perfect is acceptable, 
basically we put all of this unnecessary pressure and anxiety and overwhelm on ourselves to show up in a certain way. And in reality, none of us are ever perfect. We're all humans who are making mistakes all the time. And so when we think that perfection is the goal and the only thing that counts, then what happens to, you know, the human part of our lives and the human parts of how we show up to work? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very, very, toxic and it just causes so much unnecessary stress. Like I know for my myself, it has caused me tremendous amounts of suffering throughout my life, like just trying to be perfect and then like really, really beating myself up when I'm not perfect. Like I would beat myself up so hard for having like an A minus at school. I would like cry <laughs> for days. Like It would be just, it would feel so dramatic. Like I let everyone down, everything's falling apart. Like that sort of, I think, that what that's one of the biggest things that comes with perfectionist thinking is this like all or nothing thinking you're like either it's perfect either it's a plus or it's garbage and like yeah. I don't want to put anything in between like there's no in between exactly and what's so interesting about perfectionism and having these like quote unquote like high standards for yourself is it doesn't actually result in you showing up to do your work Because for the most part, it generates things like anxiety and shame and overwhelm and self-judgment and critical thoughts. And when you're in that space energetically, you're not going to sit down and open up your laptop and start to do your work. You're not going to give yourself the space to think creatively about, you know, solving the problems that you're faced with or coming up with solutions that make sense or really like infusing your own interests, your own creative energy, your own like I don't know, desires or whatever you want to call it into the work that you do. There's no passion involved when nothing short of perfection is acceptable because then you don't give yourself the opportunity to like make drafts along the way or make mistakes or like try something one way and then rejig it and realize it's better another way. There's like no room for playful learning and growth throughout that process. Yeah, exactly. Like if you want your first draft to be amazing, like you're never going to start. What usually happens is like, this is where I think a lot of procrastination comes from. Well, what usually happens is you would procrastinate, 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 because you're like, if it's not perfect, why, why do I even start it? And then you may get close to like an external deadline that you have. And then you start doing it because you're like, oh no, like now I need to do it. And it's still, of course, it's still not perfect, but you've like made yourself miserable throughout this entire process. Yeah. <laughs> like the first part is like the fear of not getting it perfect or not doing it right. And so that fear just like puts you in analysis paralysis where you just don't do anything. So you're either like buffering on social media, distracting yourself with other work, doing anything else to avoid working on the project. But then if there's like a deadline and the deadline comes closer and closer, that eventually becomes the like scary target in your brain. And you're like, oh shoot, now I actually have to like buckle down and do it. So you get it done because you're afraid of the deadline. Whereas in the beginning, you were just afraid of sitting down and doing imperfect work. But like the work that you do at the end doesn't necessarily constitute like your best work or like work that is like joyful or playful or fun at all because you've just like made it an anxiety inducing experience throughout the entire part of it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, it's not perfect either way because there's no such thing, but it's just, you've made yourself so miserable (laughs) throughout the entire process. And I guess the other thing that happens with perfectionism, which 
you touched upon it. It's like you just never try anything new or you very rarely try anything new because you're ter- like by definition, when you try new things, you suck at them at the beginning. And you're like so afraid of that phase of sucking that you're like, might as well just stick to what I know. Yeah, that, that's, you need the sucking at something or the newness of learning means something bad about you because if perfection is the goal, then anything less of perfection means something bad about who you are, your character, your intelligence, your competencies, your capabilities. But like, that's the part that we're debunking here. We're like, no, that doesn't mean that at all. Like none of us can ever achieve the standard of perfection because it's not humanly possible. So let's actually just take that off the radar let's like just remove that standard entirely because when we do that then we give ourselves space to at least show up and like learn and grow along the way yeah it's actually yeah for sure like it's actually like pretty mind-blowing for me how many new things I've tried in the past few years like I just never thought I would try so many new things and that is because I've been doing so much work on that perfectionist thinking before that I that would have been unthinkable to just try like new experiences with just in personal life and a lot so many new things with my business it's just that I I, I literally thought would be <laughs> unthinkable before yeah um, because if you if you only if you can only ever show up perfectly then you never get to try something I never really thought about this example but I um I'm taking piano lessons and I'm like starting from like I mean I started from adult book one and now I'm like an adult beginner book two right it's like it's like little baby steps and I'm so imperfect at it and I make really silly mistakes because I've never really done this before but it's like giving yourself the freedom and the liberation to be a human who is imperfect at whatever it is that you're like working on And that is where you can find so much more freedom than the rigidity that comes from just like that all or nothing perfect or garbage type of thinking. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if that also like you went through those phases. So for me, like the phases of recovering from perfectionism were, you know, phase one was sort of starting to get some awareness around how I'm really scared to try new things because I'm worried they're not going to be perfect. Then I was okay. Then I thought, sure, I'm going to try to try a few new things, but I like would only give myself one or two attempts before I was like, okay, it's fine to suck on the first try, but then the second try, you need to be like, then I would, I would start expecting myself to be really good. Like after one or two attempts, which of course is obviously also very unrealistic. It like sort of took me some time to get used to the idea that you might just suck for a while. It's yeah, not there's like, no, like parameters the around yeah. how long the sucking is allowed to last for. Right. It's like, it just is what it is. And when you have these parameters of how long you're allowed to suck for, it assumes that you already know what your progress is supposed to look like, where it's supposed to go, and you know how long it's supposed to take you to get to a certain level of competency. When in reality, none of us have any idea about that, right? Yeah, for sure. I was like talking to a friend yesterday who was taking drum lessons and she, she, she shared a similar story. She was like, I allowed myself to be really bad at it. Like the first two tries. And then the third one, I started judging myself. Like I should be better. right now. Like she had decided the two is enough. And then third one, you need to be great. It's um, so arbitrary and subjective, right? Like how did we know that number three was the one that you like have to be good at all of a sudden? And the yeah, funny exactly. thing too about learning something new is Sometimes you're good at it one day and then you like, 
you backpedal and then your skills are like not as good as they used to. It's not a linear process and it's not something that we can like manage and control like we think that we're supposed to. It's just our brains are so funny with how we relate to perfectionism and use it as a way to like evaluate or measure ourselves. Yeah, no, that's such a good point about the linear progress. That's another thing that I had to like go through when I was like, okay, I was really good last night. Like, I'm using in my mind an example of me when I was learning to ski. I still am not great at skiing, but like the first few times I was like, okay, I was so great last time. This time I can, I would like try to go on the blue slope and then I would be terrified. I'm like, nope, I was not ready for this. <laughs> this is definitely not where I am right now. But like my brain would be like, okay, only linear progress. You did the green one last time. Well, now go to the blue. <laughs> like, it's that's just not how it works. Yeah. And the other thing with that, that's making me think of is like, as we develop, the scariness always exists, right? Like maybe the green slope felt really scary at the beginning, but then you like could like, you know, mastered that, or you did a really good job of working through that. And then the blue slope now is what feel really scary. And then after it's like the purple slope and then the black, like, right. It's all like, there's when we're allowing ourselves the time and opportunity and space to show up imperfectly to develop our skill sets and try new things, then we are always going to be faced with the like next level of scariness that if we don't address our perfectionist thinking, then we're going to constantly not be able to stretch ourselves because we're going to always be avoiding that. And the way I think about this at work is it's like, it's like, each time you step into a new position or a new job or take a new project or work with a new company, right? That is facing that next level of scariness where you don't know, you haven't been there before, you haven't done it, and it requires some figuring out. But if you expect yourself to just be the all-knowing person right away, who's perfect right away, then you prevent yourself from, you know, leveling up or trying something new or taking risks in your career and, and um, you know, following what it is that you actually dream of doing. Yeah. And that like really, really stifles creative thinking too. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you can't think creatively if you're in the state of terror about how (laughs) you need to make things perfect. That's Um, a good slogan. You can't think creatively when you're in the state of terror. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And then another thing I was just thinking about, like when it comes to work is this concept of like, we were taught this in the life course school. And I find this like a really, really helpful concept of like B minus work. And sometimes I even say to myself, like, sometimes even C minus work, which is very terrifying to someone who's like had straight A's throughout her life and like took great pride of that and thought this was my entire identity. <laughs> like literally, I'm like, there's nothing interesting about me other than I had straight A's, like is what I thought for a long time. Um, but like that idea that putting work out there that is pretty good, like B minus work is pretty good work for perfectionist b minus work is like really a or a plus work let's like let's be real too right (laughs) yeah exactly what i think of b minus work is probably if someone was grading it it would be like a minus at worst (laughs) right like it's probably a quality a plus quality like you're just aiming for a plus plus like over beyond what we're achieving (laughs) that and we actually want to like talk about the like reality sure no that's such a good point because like when I think B minus, it's not, I'm not actually 
we're talking about like in the US grading system, it's not actually like 70% work or whatever B minus is. It's like probably 95 instead of 100. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But it's like giving yeah. yourself that space to allow for imperfection in order to get the work done, to get it out there so you can move on to other things and apply the learning from that work. Yeah, and it's just that, like, that concept has quite literally, like, changed my work life, if not even my personal life, but for sure my work life, because before I would be just so overwhelmed with things on my list where I'll be like, well, each task takes eight hours, so how am I supposed to finish, like, seven tasks? I'm like, it doesn't actually take eight hours, it's just that I'm, like, doing it for eight hours because I want it to be absolutely perfect, and it actually takes two hours, so I can easily do four of them in a day. Instead of, yeah. Notice how it just like brings down the stakes. It like bring, lowers the theatrics and the drama. And then it like gets you to actually move through your work more efficiently. So then you can like spend your time doing other things. You're not just stuck doing one thing for a full day, right? What I found was like super helpful was the notion of done is actually better than perfect. It's like mm. a, another variation of like doing B minus or C minus work. But I just found that so freeing because I'm just like, oh, right. Like perfect work never gets done. Perfect work is actually me sitting around procrastinating, avoiding it, being scared of trying it. And what's actually better is getting it done. Moving on, trying, getting the feedback, you know, revising it, working through it. That is actually what feels good and creates the results that I want in my life. Yeah. And think of it from the perspective of your like teammates or your clients or whatever, you know, industry you're in. Like I've actually gotten that as feedback multiple times. I'm like, we would much rather have, <laughs> have you just send us your work rather than like sit on it for two days and then send it because yeah. it's so much more helpful for someone to have what you consider imperfect work than to like wait for you to like put the finishing touches. <laughs> on exactly. It. Right. That's like, it gets things moving along. And so often, like the finishing touches and project uh, and product that you're working on doesn't actually end up being the end product. There's like, if you're working on a team, there's like all these different like elements and notions of collaboration that need to take place. So it's actually better to just be willing to have people see the imperfect, like done version (laughs) at that stage. So then they can work on it and get it back to you and you can like move things along, right? Yeah, absolutely. This just popped into my head. I remember like, I think one of our coaching friends shared this story once of like, it was, it wasn't her story, but she read it somewhere of like a guy who was biking the same route every day and was just like giving it a hundred and like 10%, the proverbial hundred and 10%. Like he was like really striving to make it really fast and very efficient. It was like racing against himself. And one day he decided to just like have a really nice bike ride and like enjoy the ocean enjoy the birds singing and then he finished like three minutes slower than when he was like (laughs) doing it super fast and his conclusion was like this like me giving 50% more effort didn't result in 50% more product it was just resulted in like 50% more stress or 100% more stress it was like it wasn't Uh, contributing anything to the end result actually (laughs) it actually just made the experience of it so much worse right yes and you know what so interesting I was coaching someone on this in relation to um doing their studies for school like I was literally just coaching someone on this this week and their notion was that 
when they were working, it had to be like really intense, very driven, very perfect, you know, focused time. And then when they were done working, that's when they could relax. When they were done studying, the relaxing could come. But what I offered them is I was like, well, why can't relaxing be part of the working like studying experience, right? And I think that's what we're suggesting here. So when we have these high standards, perfectionist, perfectionist notions, then the idea is that it has to be really intense and it has to be like a certain way and, you know, all or nothing, it has to be great or it's garbage. And you just put so much pressure and you like steal the joy and pleasure out of using your brain and thinking creatively and doing whatever it is, the work that you do in your life, you make it a miserable experience as Mm. opposed to like infusing it with joy and relaxation and pleasure and fun that can also be part of it too. Yeah. I like this has transformed my work so much too. And I coach a lot on that as well, because I, you know, coach on rest and work and productivity. Like this morning, for instance, I woke up feeling exhausted. Like I haven't slept well in a few days. There were, you know, a few things happening yesterday that was just like, took a lot of energy. So I woke up feeling super exhausted. And I was just, you know, first thought when I woke up, because my brain is, you know, running wild. The first the first thing you wake up, my brain was just like, can't do anything today. This is like impossible. <laughs> We're feeling tired. It's impossible. So then I had to coach myself. I'm like, what if we do some things and we do them easily? <laughs> like what yeah. if we just do them with ease and I showed up for so many things today like we're recording this podcast I you know created some content I showed up for some meetings and I don't feel that much more tired than when I was in the morning like it didn't take up that much energy because I decided to do them with ease as opposed to like yeah. really push myself with a perfectionist standard and that was the thing like when Maria and I showed up to record this podcast we were both really tired today we we're both just like oh man, like it's been a hectic week, it's been a lot, right? So we're showing up to record this podcast. And so we could have been like, well, it's maybe not going to be like the best version of our recording where brains are like maybe a little bit tired or whatever, right? But so we decided we could just like show up and do it imperfectly instead of kind of like canceling it or trying to make it look a certain way that we weren't like, I don't know, just really able to do it. It's like, it's better to just like get it done. We committed to it. Let's like, you know, move forward with it rather than just trying to like, I don't know, plan it for another day when it's like may or may not show up as a better record, right? Who knows? But um, anyway, so this is kind of what we wanted to like focus on and chat about today. It, when you are willing to give yourself the opportunity to show up how you are in that moment with mistakes and all, and like lower the standards and lower the stakes, you can really just cut yourself some slack at work. You give yourself the opportunity to really enjoy what it is that you're working on and infuse your own pleasure, enjoyment, creativity, or whatever the case is in that work. Yes. I love that. So conclusions are, Done is better than perfect and go do things with more ease. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it with more ease. Exactly. That's perfect. Love it. Hey everyone, it's Maria. I am a burnout coach for professional women, and I work with high achieving perfectionists who want to heal burnout so that they can take a step back and enjoy their lives without sacrificing their success. 
To work with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can go to my website, which is restovergrind.com and book a free consult call. You can also follow me on Instagram at rest underscore over underscore grind or on LinkedIn under restovergrind LLC. Hey everyone, Natasha here. I'm a money mindset coach. I work with women who want to shift their beliefs around money and wealth so they can finally leave the drama behind and focus on actually doing the work they love to do. I work with two different types of clients, employees who want to make more money at work or entrepreneurs who want to earn more in their business. And I teach people how to love the process of earning and creating more because it really is possible for money to be easy and fun. So let me show you how. You can find me on my website at natashatakesti.com or on Instagram at natashatakesti. We'll see you there.